Hey everyone, today I will be reviewing Tales of the Jedi, the new Star Wars animated series, and overall I was looking forward to this and it did not disappoint. I absolutely love this show. It flew past even my highest expectations for it, especially those Dooku episodes, so I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, my review is going to be recap-based, just like I did with She-Hulk, and just like I will be doing with Andor, so let's get into it. Starting with the Ahsoka episodes, number one is called Life and Death, and first things first, we cannot talk about this show without mentioning the animation. It is absolutely jaw-droppingly stunning. It is honestly unbelievable how Lucasfilm keeps topping itself. I thought when Clone Wars came out, I thought Season 7 was perfection, but then Bad Batch blew that away, and now this takes the cake. It's crazy that it just keeps getting better and better and better. The character models, the texture of their skin, their expressions, the almost photoreal-looking locations, the motion, the fluidity of the motion, the lighting, the particle effects, the smoke, the water, the fire, the detail. I could go forever. Literally everything looks amazing. I am blown away by how good this show looks. Also, I have to mention Kevin Kiner's score. This is some of his best work, and that's saying something because he's done a lot of great work. The animation and the score just work perfectly together to create the moodiest and most atmospheric Star Wars animation ever. I think Dave Filoni was the one who described these shorts as tone poems, and that's exactly what they are, and I love them for it. Not much dialogue, concise storytelling, and more of a visual and tonal experience than anything. Um, the best way to experience this show is to sit back and let it wash over you. With that out of the way, let's now focus on the actual story. We open up in Ahsoka's village. We see her birth. Pav T, her mother, names her. Um, I love the character design of young Ahsoka. Continuing in that Star Wars tradition of adorable babies. Also props to Janina Gavankar, who did a great job voicing Pav T. Pav T and Ahsoka go out for a hunt. Ahsoka learns about mortality, and she's taken by a creature. Um, I really like the design of this creature, very saber-toothed tiger-esque. I love how much of a warrior Pav T was. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Also, the sound design of this episode was fantastic. All the creatures in the forest, the sound of the monster, Ahsoka's coos, it's great. Ahsoka bonds with the creature and rides back to the village on its back. The village elder declares her a Jedi, and that's episode one. Um, not much to say. This wasn't the most original story, but it was really well executed. It was really beautiful. The music, the sound, the visuals, they all just come together to create this really serene and I would say emotional tone. It's really great. Episode one kind of serves as the primer. Let's move on to the next Ahsoka episode, episode five. And uh, this one is called Practice Makes Perfect. And just talk about emotional. This one just rips your heart out. We open up with Ahsoka training in the Jedi Temple. A couple things here. Obi-Wan has grown his mullet back, which is pretty funny. It's cool to see that in animation. Um, Kanan Jarrus is there with Depa Bilaba, which is cool. Tara Sinube is there, which is cool. And then also I have to mention how they've updated Ahsoka's costume. She still looks like that early Clone Wars model, but in just a more appropriate and better designed costume. It looks great. Also, just hearing James Arnold Taylor, Matt Lanner, and Ashley Eckstein back in these roles, it's pretty insane. Growing up, Clone Wars was my Star Wars. I have so much nostalgia attached to this show, to these characters, to these voices. So even just hearing them again really hit me in the feels. It really got me. Anakin pulls Ahsoka out. He wants her to get some real experience, not some training room stuff. So he decides to train her with real clones including Rex and several members of the 501st. Pretty cool to see some of the ones who we know die later on in Clone Wars. 
also the action here and then really throughout the whole show fantastic the choreography the acrobatics everything about it it's stunning ahsoka fails over and over but we see her slowly improve and then we flash to later in the clone wars um, when she's updated her costume and she's still training this is when i started to notice that some of the moves she was doing are the exact same that she does to survive order 66 in clone wars and then comes the absolute gut punch we flash to a moment within clone wars season 7 episode 12 a moment before what we already saw where it's behind the doors and rex says let's hope all that training pays off and then that's right before the doors open up they go out and he pretends to have captured ahsoka and that's the end of this one and wow just amazing to know that Anakin's training is what directly prepared Ahsoka to survive the event that he helped cause, it's really poetic, it's both beautiful and heartbreaking. Dave Filoni has been on a mission to make the events of the prequels as sad and tragic as possible, and I thought he maximized that and he accomplished his mission with Clone Wars, but nope, he found a way somehow to make it hurt even more, to make it even more impactful, and it's incredible. It hurts, but that means it's working. That means it's good storytelling and it's just beautiful. Um, That second one is my favorite of the three Ahsoka shorts. Moving on to the final Ahsoka one. This one is called Resolve. Immediately, we're thrown into Padme's funeral. Bail Organa and Mon Mothma are there and we see that Ahsoka is there and it makes sense. It's such a great detail. Ahsoka's relationship with Padme in Clone Wars was fantastic. And again, it's just absolutely beautiful and heartbreaking at the same time which seems to be a theme for this show. And it's just amazing. It's just so cool to know that Ahsoka was there. Bale sees Ahsoka, tries to give her a calm. She's done fighting, which is kind of a heartbreaking line. She tries to give it back. Um, It's nice to see Rex is there with her. They escape. Um, Ahsoka is hiding out on a planet. Uh, She accidentally reveals her force sensitivity. I'm kind of skipping over some stuff. A lot of stuff happens, and then she gets reported to the Empire. The village is burnt to the ground. Absolutely stunning flames, amazing animation. An Inquisitor comes to kill her. Um, Beautifully designed Inquisitor. By far my favorite one. Looks the most threatening, looks the scariest. Just great. Great voice by Clancy Brown. He's a great voice actor. He did fantastic with this. Um, Ahsoka easily dispatches of the Inquisitor. This is the woman who just went toe-to-toe with Darth Maul. No Inquisitor stands a chance. She easily kills him, and he kind of deflates, which is sort of a weird moment. I'm not sure what the purpose of that was. The villager apologizes for reporting Ahsoka, um, and then this is what spurs her back to get in the fight. She calls in Bail Organa to help the villagers relocate, and uh, he asks her if she's ready, and she just nods, and she's ready to get back in the fight against the Empire, and this leads, of course, right into Star Wars Rebels, and the episode ends here, and it's just perfect. This episode starts out super depressing, and it rips your heart out again with Padme's funeral, and then it builds you right back up and ends on this triumphant note. And it's just perfect. Filling in the gaps of Ahsoka's story. I loved it. So those were the Ahsoka episodes. As you can tell, really loved them. Really emotional. Really hit me in the feels way more than I was expecting to. And uh, let's now move on to what I think are probably the best episodes and that are a little bit richer. There's a little more here to analyze. And that's the Dooku episodes. This first one is called Justice. And first of all, shout out to Michael Richardson as young Qui-Gon and Corey Burton as Dooku. Both are fantastic. I also love their character models. The animation is great. They look exactly like young versions of those characters. It's great. Um, Moving through the story, they explore a desolate village to rescue the senator's kidnapped son. 
Um, they find the sun and the sun sympathizes with the plight of the people because the episode introduces some great moral complexity. The senator is your typical politician. He's living the high life while the people he's supposed to represent are starving to death. The senator shows up with force, with soldiers. He's ready to take his son back. And I love what this show is doing is showing us the corruption within the Republic better than any other Star Wars has. You watch this and suddenly you understand the Separatists. You sympathize with their ideals. You understand where they're coming from. Clone Wars started to do this a little bit with Heroes on Both Sides, which was a great episode, and with characters like Senator Mina Bonteri. But this is like a whole other level. Um, we're seeing that although ultimately run by an evil Sith Lord, the actual Separatist movement and its ideals weren't necessarily bad and weren't necessarily wrong. In fact, they might have even been justified. It makes sense. No wonder people wanted to break free of the Republic when people were living like this. It adds so many layers and so much more dimension to the Star Wars universe and to the conflict between Separatists and the Republic. It almost reminds me of Andor in the complexity it's adding to the Star Wars universe. Yet again, Dave Filoni making the prequels better, and I love him for it. What's great too throughout all of this is that as we're realizing that maybe the Separatists aren't completely wrong when they're talking about the corruption in the Republic and all this stuff, we're seeing that Dooku is noticing the same thing. He's discovering the same thing. We focus in on his face. He's taking this in. He sympathizes with these people. He sees the Republic's problems. And he's starting to realize that maybe the Republic isn't as pure good as the Jedi are taught to believe. And this is great. This is fantastic storytelling. We're seeing the start of the path that ultimately leads Dooku to become a Sith Lord. And it all comes from a good place. He's an idealist. He wants to help the galaxy. He's just realizing that maybe serving the Republic is not the best way to help the galaxy. Dooku's slow downfall in these episodes is so well done and so compelling. And honestly, I think Dooku's downfall in these three episodes is miles better handled than Anakin's was in the prequel trilogy. The senator tells Dooku to stand down and he refuses. There's a fantastic line where the senator goes, you serve the Senate. And Dooku goes, no, we serve the people. Great tension here. They make you wait. And then it turns into a fantastic battle. And then we get this amazing moment that kind of perfectly encapsulates Dooku as a character. He looks back and he looks at the people suffering and seeing them suffering. That's what angers him enough to make him tap into the dark side. And then he force chokes the senator. He sends Qui-Gon flying back. He's completely enraged. He believes that uh, such corruption shouldn't exist. He almost kills the senator, but he stopped just in time. And this is great on so many levels. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, and Dooku is like the prime example of that. Moving on, the senator and the son now leave. The conflict is resolved. The son promises he'll do everything he can to help the people. Dooku wonders out loud if any real change will come out of it. We can see he's still having doubts. He's not satisfied. And then he has kind of your traditional nice Padawan master moment with Qui-Gon. I love exploring their relationship, seeing the genuine care and love between them. It's really well done, and then it's going to pay off. Um, let's move on to episode three, Choices. First of all, great use of Dooku's beer to show that some time has passed. He's on a mission with Mace Windu to investigate the death of a Jedi on Raxus, which we know becomes the Separatist capital eventually. That's important. And I love how it's immediately established that Dooku's a rebel. He finds the Jedi Council's constant rules and regulations restricting. He believes they hold him back from doing what's right. And that's juxtaposed against Mace Windu, 
who is just the total rule follower and wants to do everything by the book. Dooku follows the senator to the place he claims he was ambushed. Windu kind of reluctantly goes along, but not before protesting. He just wants to take it back to the council. Dooku and Windu discover that the senator is lying. He confesses that the guards killed the Jedi, and then one of the guards shoots him. There's another really well-done battle scene here. Early version of what I think are probably Separatist droids. Really cool. We learn that the guards, similarly to the people from last episode, are resisting against the corruption of their senator. Um, their senator was selling off the planet to make himself rich and was hurting the people. Um, the guards are early separatists, which is really cool. They kept the senator alive to push their agenda in the Republic Senate. Windu wonders why they didn't just report the senator's misdeeds to the authorities. And this one guard has this amazing line where he essentially says that the Jedi are puppets. They're just puppets that enforce law and order for the rich and don't truly help the people. And we focus in on Dooku's face as he kind of takes this in. And we see that he actually agrees with it because to an extent, it's actually pretty accurate. Dooku is seeing all the problems with the Jedi. Later on, Dooku speaks to the guard. He voices his support for his ideology, but not his methods. On the way back to Coruscant, Dooku questions Windu. He asks Windu if he believes the Jedi can keep peace if they keep following the corrupt Senate. Windu kind of gives a non-answer that uh, Dooku is obviously unsatisfied with. Dooku then goes to the Jedi's funeral. We see him kind of contemplating. And then finally, we end this episode with this amazing scene where Dooku is clearly extremely bitter. He was the one who got the answers. He was the one who solved the mystery. He was the one who did the right thing. But Mace Windu, the one who protested every turn, was awarded the council seat because he followed orders. And uh, Dooku is seeing that the council prioritizes following orders over doing what's right. And it only alienates him more and pisses him off. And uh, what a fantastic ending. I love how we follow Dooku as he's been enlightened to the corruption of the Senate, and now the Jedi Council as well. In a sense, we're falling to the dark side with him. The show is putting us in his shoes. We relate to him. He's our protagonist. As he's learning all the bad things, all the corruption, we're learning it too. No wonder he left the Jedi Order after all of this. So would I if I was in his position and saw what he saw. It's just fantastic storytelling. Another really great episode. Now basically all that's left for Dooku we just need to get him from a place where he leaves the Order to a place where he actively joins the Dark Side. And that's what this next episode does. Finally, last but definitely not least, Episode 4, my favorite, The Sith Lord. We open with Dooku deleting Kamino from the Jedi Archives, which is just awesome to see. Um, he's starting to have some gray hair. He runs into Jocasta Nu, who tells him that Qui-Gon has encountered a Sith Lord, of course, Darth Maul. I love how this short runs parallel to Episode 1. Seeing different perspectives of the same events is something I always love. Um, Qui-Gon speaks with Yaddle, reunites with Dooku. Great voice work from both Corey Burton, Liam Neeson, and also Bryce Dallas Howard as Yaddle. Um, Dooku is frustrated that the Council is downplaying the appearance of a Sith Lord, just like they've been doing for years every time he's warned them of the coming darkness. He wants to meet Obi-Wan. Qui-Gon constantly sings his praises. There's maybe even a little hint of jealousy there from Dooku of Qui-Gon's relationship with Obi-Wan. Um, and then Qui-Gon leaves and Dooku is kind of unsatisfied, wants to speak to him more. He misses him. Great conversation. They grow up so fast, he says. Um, really well done. Yaddle can sense that something's wrong. Great symbolism as Dooku and Yaddle go their separate ways. Dooku's walking into the shadows while Yaddle's walking into the light. We jump ahead. Dooku is silently grieving. 
at um, the tree that he used to show Qui-Gon all the time that Qui-Gon loved. He's learned of Qui-Gon's death. And this is like the final straw. He is so upset. He blames the council for Qui-Gon's death. He flies off to meet Palpatine. He's followed by Yaddle. Such great music here. The tone, so haunting, so scary. That dread, you know what's going to happen. You know what has to happen, but you're still dreading it. Fantastic. Also, great voice work from Ian McDiarmid as Palpatine. He's always great. Um, Dooku confronts Palpatine. He's upset. He didn't want Qui-Gon to die. Palpatine needs to find a way to force Dooku to the dark side, and Yaddle provides the perfect opportunity. She heard the whole thing. She attempts to calm Dooku down. Palpatine uses the same playbook on Dooku that he's going to use on Anakin. It's amazing seeing he uses the same tricks, the same manipulation. The only difference is that for Dooku, it's an idealist vision of the galaxy, while for Anakin, it's saving the ones he loves. Palpatine reminds Dooku that the Senate is corrupt. Yaddle is the angel and Palpatine is the devil on Dooku's shoulder. Um, And then here it is. Dooku believes he's gone too far. There's no turning back. This is just like Anakin's fall. History repeats itself. Dooku feels trapped like there's no other choice and then makes the decision. He ignites his lightsaber. He duels with Yaddle. Fantastic battle here as Yaddle tries and fails to help Dooku. Palpatine urges him to kill her, just like he does with Anakin and Mace Windu. And just like any great tragedy, we know how this is going to end. We know Yaddle has to die. We know Dooku is going to turn to the dark side. But still, with every fiber of our being, we're rooting for Yaddle. We desperately want Dooku to make the right choice, even though we know he won't. This is like a microcosm of the story of the prequels. It's like the mini tragedy before the much larger tragedy of the prequels. Yaddle ultimately brutally crushed by the door. She survives. Dooku says he wants to bring order and peace to the galaxy. Always the idealist. He's completely twisted, completely blinded by the dark side. He doesn't realize that he's so far off from that. Um, And then he kills Yaddle. He doesn't realize the suffering he's caused. And uh, we end with Palpatine smiling. He has found a new apprentice. And just perfect. Amazing. This is just heartbreaking. We knew what was going to happen. We knew it had to happen, but it doesn't matter. It still breaks your heart anyways. And that's the mark of a good tragedy. And there you have it. Dooku has now embraced the dark side. He's now the Sith Lord we meet in episode two. And we have basically watched his downfall from Jedi Knight to Sith Lord within the span of three short 15 minute episodes. And it totally worked. It made sense. It wasn't rushed. It was fleshed out and was even sympathizable to some extent. The Ahsoka episodes were good, but these three were just a whole other level. They add so much to both the character of Dooku and the Separatist movement as a whole. Just amazing storytelling. This is how you tell a story about the fall to the dark side. It's both compelling and it actually makes sense. And that wraps up my thoughts on Tales of the Jedi. Triumphant at times and heartbreaking much more of the time, these shorts were fantastic. Such compelling little stories that added so much to the Star Wars universe, wrapped in these amazing little tone poems. I absolutely loved it. This show is incredible. Um, With Andor and Tales of the Jedi, we got two incredible Star Wars shows within the span of a few months. I hope we get a season two, but if we don't, I'm more than happy with what we got. We're totally spoiled. I couldn't be more satisfied. I loved it. What did you think of these shorts? Which one was your favorite one? Did you like it more than me? Less than me? Did you prefer the Dooku ones or the Ahsoka ones? Let me know in the comments, the email, the voicemail, or the form, and all those links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening, and have a good day.